Hello, hello. It's your girl, Tiff, a.k.a. Tiffy Toes, America's favorite player. We're back on the winner's circle with your girl, Tiffany Mitchell. And boy, do I have some tea from these live feeds. Here's what we're doing this season. I am touching you up on some of the hot takes that I've seen going on in the house. I'm going to just give you what you need to know. So here's some tea. Let's get into it. Well, Tiff, isn't there one thing that they need to know is that I'm joining you here. You didn't even introduce me. That's how I answered. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. That's, this is going to be the first and possibly the last time that I'm joining the Winter Circle with Tiffany Mitchell because I can't even get an introduction. So, Watching the comments is going to be, look at Tiffany throwing Cody shade. Go on, girl. So, so <laughs> as, as, as significant as he is, I forgot about him. I, how could I not see him sitting right here? I just totally yeah. dismissed the fact that you were here, Cody. So another important part of this introduction not only belongs to me, but to Cody, as well, let me also introduce my assistant for the day. It would be Cody Cassidy. Oh, I'm sounding like Big Tip. D over here. That's all right. It's as real as it gets. And honestly, I don't want to take it. I don't want to take any of it out. It's just as hard to it not use. Just leave it. It is what it is. It's staying. What it's you uh, see it's is this what is so. You get. And the thing I like about this is that Tiffany and I sit on here for a while before we record and like, this is what's happening. And so I feel like it's fun to get to, to get to see like the interaction live. You let me bring my wall down and then just get completely comfortable. And then you say, <laughs> okay, we're going to hit record. And I don't get time to like, you know, like wipe the shit off me. Like, okay. <laughs> Do I look ready now? <laughs> just, yep. Like, Good to go. Just get ready. Introducing Cody. Cody's going to help me out today. It's our first episode mm -hmm. of this season for like yep. recapping some live feeds. And I was like, Cody, not you throwing me out there to the wolves because y'all know y'all some wolves, y'all some animals, y'all some sheeps, y'all some wolves in sheep's clothing. Had to get my, mm. my parable straight. Yeah. You know about Psalms 23? Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. And we are here for the live feed covers. What you missed. We're going to call this segment What You Missed, ladies and gentlemen, with Tiffany Mitchell and Cody Calfer. <laughs> this whole intro needs to be recorded. Uh, no, it's oh perfect. Oh, my God. No, it's great. So you get the real us, period, point blank. Yeah. Oh, I got to take this thing off. I had a mammogram today. Wait a minute. Hold on. How do I get this? So anyway. Um, that's, that's bothering me. You know, my OCD won't let abnormal. Uh, and once you start to go yeah. after it, you're like, I yeah. have to take mm -hmm. it off. I was like, what the yeah. heck is that? Okay, good. All right. We're going. Oh my gosh. It's been a wild, uh, a wild ride. You'd think we're on day 62. We're on day seven and I've got so much to give you that I can, I've only got so much time. I can only give you so much. So we've got Riley. Uh, Riley is the HOH. Um, she has the opportunity to remove two people from the block. She takes off Jared and Cody because Jared and Cody work their way. Corey. I'm Cody. I'm I'm Heisen because what you. Well, here's the thing. Don't know. Is that Derek was saying it all the time. Derek kept saying Cody, too, when we were doing the live. And, and Heisen, too. Heisen said. Cody, Cody. Awesome. And they said, it's Corey. He said, I'm sorry. I keep calling. You know why I can't remember his name? Because I hate him. You don't like Corey? That's what Heisen said. Oh, that's what. Yo, there's a lot of hate and a lot of shit talking going on on the feeds. In the first week, like, think back to your season, right? In week one, 
I mean, granted, you guys have Frenchie on your season, mm. but let's put Frenchie aside. You guys were all like loving each other, right? There was no real like, oh, I hate that person or I can't stand them. I can't mm. be around them, right? No, there wasn't. And I mean, granted, we had Frenchie. They've got Frenchie too. Her name is Riley. So, <laughs> you know, it's just a crazy season and it's already only day seven and they're already spiraling out of control with so much going on to the point that, like I said, Heism hates Corey so much that he calls him Cody so much that I'm calling him Cody. And it's not because I hate him. It's because I can't think of his name. So anyway, his name's Corey. So Corey and Jerry get pulled down by Riley because they've they've. They've gone to her first. They've made these deals. Mm -hmm. She's standing. She's hiding up in her HOH room, which creates a whole different set of paranoia for her because she's not really interacting with the house. Right. Um, she feels like she's stuck up here. And I keep saying to myself, who stuck you up there? Where are you stuck at? Right? Is it Velcro? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Is it super glue? Because you are free to roam this environment. It's your house. The whole house is yours. Just like the whole house is everyone else's. It's our house. Yeah, and it's like she's like creating her own paranoia to, like on herself. It's like make your room everybody else's room. Go downstairs. Say if somebody wants to go use the bathroom, feel free to go use the bathroom. Instead, she's sitting up there and now she's having like PTSD and granted, from winning the, the first yeah. HOH. It's like that's a huge and a really good position to be in to win that first HOH. You can do a lot with you it. You speak that from exist from from experience. And mm -hmm. I don't have that experience, but I'm watching other right. people with that. And from this, the my season, Frenchie didn't function well. So true. Winning the first HOH, and it, and I'm realizing through her experience that winning the first HOH, it comes with some power, but it also has a disadvantage because your perception of the house is from this upper room. And I remember mm -hmm. that when Frenchie wasn't HOH the second week. He didn't know how to function downstairs with us because he didn't start living in the house downstairs with the right. community. He lived in the house upstairs. And so he kind of felt that it was his bathroom. He was always in the HOH room because that was where he was the most comfortable because that's where he experienced his first week. And you yeah, won HOH your second season, but you had already had the experience of living in the right. house. So maybe you so handled true. that first season eight week Purposely, yeah differently because point. it was you already knew what it was like to live downstairs but for somebody's first time living in the house i completely understand how riley is totally. comfortable upstairs i think that she's gonna have an even tougher second week because now you're downstairs and this is your room mm -hmm. and she may feel out of sorts in a room downstairs because everybody else is comfortably living in those rooms downstairs mm -hmm. and you kind of feel like an intruder where she's might want to resort to upstairs as being her comfort level. So it made me realize that should I, if I ever do play the game again, when I, Oh, the, when I, not, not, not me, you. Yeah. I am. Um, I am that first. So that first HOH whether I want to go for that or not, I'm going to have to think that out and I'm going to have to mm. know how, but I've already lived in the house. So I don't expect right. it to be as much of an impact on me as it is for somebody who has never lived in the house and is starting their experience in the big brother house upstairs. Right. 
it's a tough situation. I, I think that's a really good perspective that you bring in. You're seeing it's actually drawing among the house. Like you're hearing Riley's name a lot on the feeds for the target next week. And it could be a combination of exactly what you just described. Like she just finds her comfort zone upstairs away from people, which as we both know is bad. It's not good for your first week when relationships are forming. And now she's just kind of unwinding. Mm -hmm. And she's getting paranoid and she's crying and she, it's getting a little chaotic and it's really just painting an even bigger target. So it's you're seeing a lot of what the goods and the bads that could come with that first HOH. It's really giving Paloma. It's like the spiraling, the overthinking, the the the. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, the the it's the spiraling down the hole, the rabbit hole, the never ending hole of what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And they keep adding mm -hmm. all of these factors into her paranoia. Is she in a, um, a showman's with Matt? So here's some tea like Cameron, uh, has its chat. Cameron has felt that Riley is like a daughter to him. And he looks at her as, a, as, as, as my daughter. That's how he looks at her, but he has this affection for her and he, he tells her things that are only in his mind about her reputation in the house and what people think about her, such as she is in a showman's with Matt. And she asked him, like, who's saying that? And he's like, nobody's saying that. But that's just like people are thinking that. And so it's very interesting that he's psychic and no one is saying it, but people are thinking it and he knows it and he's able to relay it to her to the point that when he comes back and he mentions it, um, that he's like, yeah, to Izzy, he's like, yeah, she even, um, like, I had to, I had to put to rest like a, a crush on me. He's got like his perception and of their relationship. I have not really um, interpreted fully what it means to him, but it's interesting. It's, it is very interesting, and so he's feeding her information, and he's very sick to his stomach to the point that he's in tears, crying about how he's going to have to turn on her, and it's paining him. And he doesn't want to have to do that when he was never supposed. His his intention wasn't to turn on her. His intention was to go to the other side of the house because he's working with Riley because he looks at her as a daughter and he loves her so much. And he's going over to the other side of the house to infiltrate and get information. But in his quest to get information, I think Izzy is who he's talking to. Izzy like works her uh, magic of, okay, I got to say this. Izzy gives me Brittany D'Angelo vibes, but times 10. Like, Izzy's a lot. I, I couldn't <laughs> wait to get into this whole Izzy spectacle with what's going on between her, Jared, Sari. Um, Jared's had to like almost like check Sari a couple times. He's like, can you tell Izzy to relax? There's no relax Izzy on Izzy. Izzy is like doing the most. There's no relax Izzy's on Izzy. Izzy's just doing the most. And the thing I don't love is like, and I can't wait because I can already see it coming. She's like, oh yeah. Like Sari, like I have the whole, she feels like she's got the hold on Sari. And Jared, because she knows their secret. And I'm like, man, wait till Sari just like, wait till you do one thing. And Sari just goes, now you're done. I don't care what you know, how you know it, when you told me. I, Izzy's like, I've been Izzy's just playing doing this right around now. in my head. Izzy has, Izzy came in the house 
knew exactly who Sari was, knew who Jared was, instantly made an alliance with them and was vowed and vowed to keep their secret. And they've been in a relationship with her since day one when they walked in the door. And I've been wondering if they trust her as much as they seem to share information with her. And I kind of want to say yes. And I also kind of want to say Izzy will never tell. I even think To the point that if her game is on the line, she won't tell. And I was thinking that it was more about how she wants to have a relationship with them outside the game. I do think Mm -hmm. that is a factor that you can't help but have. I'm not saying you can't help. She can't help but have some star um, effect. She's got there's there's an effect that they have on her. And she she, because she's already had. In an emotional attachment before walking in the house. Now she's playing with them. Izzy will, I think that Izzy will keep their secret because can you imagine me getting to the end and Sari and, Jer- and Sari being in jury or Jared being in jury and having one of them vouch for me? They're going to convince the whole jury to vote for me because they're going to vote for me. Because I'll tell you, if I walked in the house, And someone came up to me and said, I know that's your son. And I'm like, do not ever tell. And they Mm -hmm. never tell. I probably don't care what kind of game they play. If they make it to final two, baby, you kept the biggest secret I had. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fighting for you and jury because that was some real shit and you never told. So if Izzy plays her cards right, she may always have them by the balls because as long as you keep my secret, I can't help but have respect for you because you don't have to. And I think, yeah, and I think it's like, it's. I think at first it was, we don't have a choice, Mm -hmm. but then I think Sari like had a conversation with Izzy and didn't get a bad Mm -hmm. vibe. And like Sari kind of picks up on Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so it was just enough for Sari to be like, okay, you know, a huge secret of mine. You've already chosen not to say it within the first 24 hours. Nothing has gotten back to Mm -hmm. me. So now I'm going to put my trust into you, but I can't help but think something down the line. It's like, you already know. It, it has to be creeping in Izzy's head a little bit where it's like, you're not the final two with either of them because you know that they are each other's final two. They don't have to go near each other. They don't even have to ever say the term final two. Sari and Jared will obviously never do anything to hurt each other's game. And God forbid something happens. I'm not. I'm thinking more on if something happens to Jared, Sari will be like a beast, a different mm-hmm. player than of I think course. we've ever seen. Right we've now never she's seen Sari play with a people. kid. Right. When you got to feed two mouths, that's a lot harder than feeding one. Mm-hmm. When it's just, if it ever comes down to where it's just her, then she probably also has a vendetta. And she's got mm-hmm. a mom vendetta. Yeah. If he leaves, it's game over. And so, like, Izzy, Izzy, Izzy probably, if, if I'm, if I'm Sari, uh, Izzy can, Izzy can, she, I don't believe that she would cross me, but mm-hmm. I'd, pr- I'd be comfortable with her leaving mm-hmm. because of the course. paranoia of you telling on me, I don't need that. And, and letting my secret, my letting my secret out. 
mm-hmm. in a house that's already filled with paranoia. It's like they have to hold this secret already. And Jared almost slipped up already. He was telling a story and it was about football and how he was running up the field and his coach was yelling, go fields, go fields, go fields. And he like caught himself and was like, oh no, um, he, my coach doesn't even understand. He just calls it fields instead of yards. He's an idiot. And like caught himself. I, I mean, it was a phenomenal catch by him, wow. but, uh. It was also like when you kind of lose that filter and that's the kind of thing that's going to be happening all year, even with Izzy now. People are going to get comfortable. People are going to get comfortable. And my fear, if I'm Sari or Jared, is if Izzy ever gets paranoid, will she try to sabotage my game, you know? Yeah. The good thing is, is I think Sari is hyper, hyper aware of the fact of, of like what she has to do. Cause she's a vet. Mm-hmm. She knows, okay, this person has information that can ruin my game. I'm going to make sure I'm constantly talking with them, of making course. them feel good, making them cause, and Izzy has said it. And Jared, I don't think is going to do that same, like, oh, let me go cater to you. Well, he doesn't, like, Jared ha- will be he like, doesn't have that experience and he doesn't, he doesn't need exactly to. like Sari does. And, and one, and to, to piggyback off of that, an example of that is, Izzy having a conversation with Cameron and Cameron kind to come over and get information from Izzy. He's supposed to be infiltrating for Riley, but he comes over and Izzy is kind of like letting loose. Like I hate the other side. I want them dead. I want their grandmothers dead. I want, you know, she's like off with their head. She's not saying those things. Those are my words. So don't fucking bow out y'all. Like <laughs> don't take that and be like, Izzy was geez. saying this and Tiff said yeah, it. Nope. Izzy didn't say that. I'm that's my interpretation. Okay. Okay. And yeah. so then Cam- so then Jared comes in, he's hearing Izzy go off about the other side to Cameron and Jared is just listening, but he's kind of like, Izzy, what are you doing? So then when Cameron leaves and then it's just Izzy, Jared and uh, Sari, Sari, and it's so, it's so maternal. It's something I completely relate to. Mm-hmm. Jared's complaining about Izzy and Sari is like listening to Jared, but she can read Izzy's emotion, facial, her body language. She can tell she's bothered. And Sari instantly like leans over to Izzy's side. Like, well, what happened, Izzy? How do you feel? And then she defends Izzy to Jared. Like, well, that's how you feel. And I love it. Cause you know what? I can check the shit out of my son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can tell him he is dead ass wrong and he can be 100% right. And he's still not going to go against me. He's not going to cancel me. That's not going to be the end of Mm -hmm. us. We're not breaking our alliance. He's not distrusting me. Hey, STFU for a minute. I don't don't care what I hear you and I hear you and I hear you, but you're not going to blow him off because then she's not going to have the compassion. She's not going to think you have the compassion for her. She's just going to think that that's what you're doing because that's your son. But she doesn't do that. Sari, like, okay, Jared, I understand. But Izzy, and then she's like, Jared, I get it. She's she's in a in a, in that situation. She's using her her maternal her natural instincts to mm-hmm. diffuse Jared and give Izzy that understanding and that compassion to say, I hear you. And I understand what you're going through and I'm going to support you. And Jared, everybody's not like that. And Jared can be mad about it. Jared ain't going nowhere. Jared can be mad as hell at his mama. And he's not going to do anything to anybody that his mom 
doesn't give the okay to either. So like where you may get nervous saying something like that to somebody and now they think you're closer to this person. So they'll go and do something in the background. Like you don't have to worry about that with when, if you do that, if Sari does that to Jared, it's like, I, it's, I think, um, and I really, I mean, Jared is, I love Jared. He's been saying a lot of stuff on the feeds that I'm just like, yo, I fuck with this kid. Um, but it's obvious that the two of them, between the two of them, Sari is just, I think Jared could win this game, but not seasoned. with Sari there. Seasoned. Sari is seasoned. Um, yeah, she's seasoned. She's- I just, I feel so bad because I'm like, if someone's winning between the two of them, it's Sari. Yeah. Like easily. Well, she has. Which just sucks. Because he's a good. She has I think the influence. Good. She has the influence of yeah. the house. People yeah. come to her and I listen to her conversation with Riley. Riley's struggling. Riley feels like she's stuck in the HOH. She feels like everybody hates her. She feels like I had to make these decisions to put people's games on the line. And now somebody's going home and people are going to hate me. And I watched Sari yesterday in her in Riley's HOH room, like tell her repetitively, Nobody said that to me. Nobody said that to me. Nobody's coming after you. If somebody was coming after you, I would tell you. I would tell you that in in, in a very soothing, calm, like trusting maternal way. Nobody's coming for you. Nobody's coming for you. And because Riley is just like spiraling and Riley is eating up and she believes it. And she like cried. That's exactly how it sounds. In the microphone. I'm listening to the... I just lost my right ear drum. That is fine. (laughs) Damn. I'm in the... I got the... I had my headphones in too. Oh, that's right. You can hear it too. You're plugged right in. But I'm listening to the live feeds and Riley's hugging her and then, you know, their mics are smashed together and it's supposed to be a loving moment where you're just like, oh, look, it's a re-comforting her. But the volume on the mic is all... And I'm like, oh, turn that shit down, girl. Quit crying. But I said that to say... Sari knows how to touch people in a way that Mm -hmm. you trust me, you believe me, you feel that I understand you, I got you, I support you, you can trust me. Everything that I say to you, I am 100% telling the truth. So let's go to... um, And then she'll cut you. (laughs) Yes. And let's go to where she's about to cut somebody if it goes down Mm -hmm. the way she wants it to go down. So Kirsten mm-hmm. and Felicia are on the block. And I'm so proud mm-hmm. of me for saying Felicia because mm-hmm. Felicia's name to me is spelled Felicia. And every Felicia I know name is pronounced Felicia, but I did real good. I did. I've been practicing. <laughs> I said Felic, 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 like a Felic, like a Felic, but not a Felic, a Felic, a Felic. So it's a Felicia. We just okay, sorry. All right. killed All that. Right. <laughs> and if you guys didn't listen to that, <laughs> if you listen to that and ever mess it up in the future, it's a disgrace. Felicia. 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 All right. Felicia and Kirsten are on the block. Kirsten has not, has decided not to campaign against Miss Felicia, as they call her. And so mm-hmm. in her not campaigning i think that she you know people have just been counting her as gone like you know she's leaving but she finally decided that i'm going to have some conversations well i happen to turn on the feeds cody and i catch a conversation between kirsten and three but izzy is there and the conversation is strictly between kirsten and three 
But Izzy is there, smack dab in the middle like the referee. And she keeps coming yeah. in like like it's a, you know, it's double dutch. She just like, she waiting on her turn to jump in. And every now and then she jumps into the conversation and nobody asked yeah. her. So Kirsten apparently is trying to have a conversation. I think that's going to get on Ceri's nerves at no, some point. No, fuck that. It has already gotten on my nerve. Yeah. And Ceri has less patience and tolerance for BS and kids than I do because she's raised mm-hmm. three to 11 and I've only raised one and I ain't even done and I'm done. <laughs> so with somebody <laughs> sitting in my face during every conversation I have ad-libbing for me, even if you got my back, I'm like, damn, y'all probably ain't seeing her. Harlem Nights, except for a couple of my people out there. But it's a scene in Harlem Nights and everybody out there like and then here's a little gun be like pat, pat, pat. that's Izzy. <laughs> it's like it just keeps going like pat, pat. and then finally my man Eddie Murphy brother turn around and say stop it with that little shit. That's how I feel like about Charlie Izzy. Murphy. Like, quit, shut, the, shut up. Why you keep shooting that little ass gun? I'm over here goddamn grenading people and you want to come in with the ad libs. You not Jeezy. I don't need that. I got me. Like she told Jared. Jared talking about mama. I don't think you should be a have not. You don't know if you could do this. That slop is crucial. She goes, she said, if you don't shut your little goofy ass up, I'm your mama. I birthed you. How you think you got here? I did Survivor four times. I ate nothing. I can do slop. Yeah. She goes, I ate nothing for 15 days. Mama. She's all right. But it's so funny right. being a mom and seeing how our kids think about us. They don't have any idea that we're out here doing all the courageous, brave things we're doing. And they're just they just look at us as as mom. But when we bring you into right. the fold, then you like, how you do that? I pushed you out or I carried you, didn't I? Don't even worry about how I did that. Don't worry about it. It's not your problem. It's mine. So anyway. This com- what were we talking Kirsten about? Kirsten and Sari. See, I'm on track. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah, I'm yeah, focused. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kirsten and Sari are having a conversation, and Kirsten, it appears that she is trying to clear up whatever un- misunderstanding her and Sari have had. And then Sari is like, pretty much like, no. I've tried to come to you several times to give you advice about things. And the way you come at me is just not the way I would come at somebody who is so much older than I am or someone I feel like I should respect in a different way. You kind of come kick it with me like I'm one of your homegirls and I'm not one of your little friends. And Kirsten is like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, I apologize. I did kind of come at you like that because I wasn't giving you the same respect as I was giving Miss Felicia because kind of like to me, Miss Felicia, oh, but to me, you younger than Miss Felicia. So I kind of thought me and you could kick it. And Saria's like, no, we can't kick it. You gonna respect me like you respect all your elders and including me. However, I get it. I get it at home. I get it in the street. In the game, you got the wrong person. This a game. I'm going to play whatever game I need to get me ahead. And maybe that's Ceri's strategy for getting ahead. I don't know if that was personal. I don't know how personal and how much game that conversation was. And you should respect me because I am a woman of a certain age, of a certain caliber, with certain experiences. And to me, you are a child. So you should respect me. But I, to me, when I went in the BB house, I knew I was an older woman playing with people much younger than me. 
And I mm. know nobody likes to live with their mamas or their aunties. So my whole thing was to relax. There were a lot of things that bothered me. There were a lot of things about the way people treated me in, in my own life with people dealing with my kids' friends. My, 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 yeah, my kids' friends, they can't talk to me any kind of way. But in this game, I want you to be comfortable because if you feel like you're living with your mother or you have to respect me, you're going to want me out. Nobody wants to live with their mom. Mm -hmm. Not, yeah, if she cool as hell and going to let me be grown and do what I want to do and I don't have to show no respect. I don't care about living with my mom. But if I got to live with my mom, my auntie, I got to follow her rules, abide by her, her values, respect her to the utmost. Talk to her a certain way, act a certain mm -mm, way. I didn't come here for that. I came here to have fun. I don't, so I don't know that. I would have handled it that way, but I get it. I get mm-hmm. it on a personal outside of the game. On the outside, yes. yeah. But in the game, I don't expect nobody to respect me unless I'm showing them respect. And it's it's kind of yeah. it's everybody it's everybody how they how they feel like they want to. So yeah. I just I have to play my game with, with that. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah, I do. And I put big D in the storage room and was like, hey, you going to respect me. But not because I'm a woman of a certain age and not because yeah, I'm yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. You just not going to walk up on me. I don't care if we are the same age, a year apart. You younger than me. You older than me. It's certain things you're not about to do. But I don't I'm not playing the. You're going to respect me wholeheartedly 100% as a as a person older than you where you can't be yourself when you're around me. I want you to be yourself. I'm going to check you accordingly. And it ain't got nothing to do with my age. And I'm not saying that she did the wrong thing. I'm just saying that's how I would handle it. And I don't know if that's something that is going to fare well with everybody in the house because is that the way you feel about every part, everybody in the house? Does mm-hmm. everyone have to hold you to this certain standard? Or they're going to get checked. Yeah, I think Sari and I, I've, I mean, I played Traders with Sari, which is just not Big Brother and it's not Survivor. But I think I said this, um, I think Sari's biggest struggle in Big Brother will be if people don't come up to her and treat her a certain way, it's going to get her head going 100 miles an hour in a negative way. She's going to be like, she's going to feel threatened by them. She's going to maybe want to target them. And that's where I think so you, that's the only aspect that I could see Sari unraveling because it's such a long game mm-hmm. and it's not, it's, not it's like 30, 30 day yeah. survivor. Mm-hmm. We were there on traders for like 27 days. And so when it's a longer game and there's much more downtime mm-hmm. and if you make somebody feel that way, they're going to go towards somebody that they're comfortable with, that they don't have to act a certain yeah. type of way, talk a certain type of way. And I think that will end up biting her in the butt. It's just, I hope, I hope she adjusts a little bit from that. And going on what you're saying about adjustment, that's the difference between Survivor and Big Brother. In Survivor, if somebody's saying your name, there's a very short period of time to get that person back on your side. Whereas in Big Brother, it's such a long game that even if you're talking mm-hmm. about me right now, I have a lot of time. Totally. If I can if I can just stay, I have a lot of time to turn that around. In Survivor, there's not a lot of time to turn that around. So when you hear someone saying your name, your antenna goes off. You've got work to do. And you do have work to do in Big Brother, too. But you don't have to work so fast because there's a long time to be there. In Survivor, I may have to show my cards. I might have to show more cards than I really wanted to this soon. In Big Brother, I can play them a little closer. I'm going to play a little card. 
and just right. le- let that linger for a little while. That'll get me further. Um, I, I, it's because it's a different structure. Yeah. Like Survivor, every tribal, everybody's on the chopping block. Yeah. And you, if you hear somebody saying your name, there's a chance they could get two, three people in. And that majority may be all that it needs to send you home. Or Big Brother, it's like the right person has to win the HOH and then put you on the block. And then they have to put you on the block next to somebody that they can send you home against. Yeah. And then the whole house has to get by. It's just a different game. And you don't fast. need to play it. Yeah. And that paranoia yeah. picks up quickly. Yeah. And I do... I do, however, think that she's playing a phenomenal Big Brother game. Oh, she's killing it. She, Everybody loves her. Everybody is. trusts her. That's the game you want to play. You want to be loved by right everyone. Now. You don't want anyone to want to see you go. You want them to want you there and need you there and not imagine you not being there. I've never seen the back room be so useful ever like that is the hangout the camera is always in that room because mm-hmm. somebody's always in there she's she's holding court that's where she is she's not cooking i'm not saying she's not but what i'm saying is she's not using these as strategies she's not using a cooking strategy a cleaning strategy she's you know she's just being like she said i'm just being myself and i'm hanging out and She's back here schooling people and they love her. Mm-hmm. She's nurturing. She's welcoming. She's warm. Everybody feels comfortable. They feel like they can trust her. They open up to her. They give her their her seat, their secrets. She she Everybody. holds them. You when you talk to her, you feel like she's a hundred percent telling me the truth. And she can be dead. She was telling Riley, that's not true. Nobody's saying your name. Nobody said that to me. Uh I tell you, I would tell you if somebody was saying your name to me, baby, Riley is as good as home come next week. And to yeah, everybody was saying her name to Sari. Like Sari was saying her name too. To Sari? Yeah. From Sari to Riley? Riley is like, what the hell have I been thinking? Nobody's saying my name. I am really tripping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's playing. So. She's playing a great game. But as a Big Brother player, who has played other games with other shows, and Survivor coming in like a wrecking ball, and mm-hmm. being cocky, and just owning their Survivor reputation that they are the shit. I don't want a Survivor player to win. Big brother ever. <laughs> yeah. Ever. It's going to be really, it's going to be really, really son. difficult. Like, that's selfish yeah. though. And he played Survivor and, he played and then Survivor came and played and he, Big Brother. Because then we're I'm all going to Because I'm selfishly Christian. cheering yeah. for him. But even right. him, I might be like, I don't want to hear that shit. Like, because y'all going to think y'all all that. And I ain't got time for that. <laughs> y'all got to know. Yeah. I mean, I could see Sari going far. It's just, I say this every year at the end of the game, it is so crucial to be able to win competitions. Yeah. And I don't know how many she's going to win. If she does, then it's like, yep, she's how, got it. How crucial is it? Okay. You're saying it's crucial to win competitions. You mean at the end, like those final to win three, the game to win. Yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. you're going to win the game and like, I feel like Sari is going to be somebody that as the, she's going nowhere. Right. And then the end of the game is going to come and people are going to start filling up the jury house. And then the people in the house are going to be like, if we sit next to Sari, it's lose. going to be a yeah. landslide. Mm-hmm. She's going to beat us nine to oh. Mm-hmm. So now at that situation, it's got to be like, man, I love Sari, but I love 750 more. I think unless you're and Izzy. And that's where she's going to have to win. I think unless you're Izzy. I think Izzy yeah. probably believes if she sits next to Derek or Jared. I mean, damn, Derek. 
I, and when I say Derek, I'm actually thinking like Derek F from my season yeah. because Sari gives me a little Derek F vibes. Derek, I'm sorry. I love you to death. But what I mean by this, stay with me, people. Follow the, follow the doors of the church. We going somewhere with this. So Izzy has, I believe Izzy thinks if I sit next to Sari or I sit next to Jared, I win. Because I knew yeah, this secret False. coming in and I played them. And I'm because if she's in final two, she yeah, definitely going, did yeah. something to get there. That's why I think right. Izzy will never tell. And I think hmm. Izzy feels that she that this is the best thing for her game, because if I'm Izzy. And I know that you are in this game, Cody, with your brother, but nobody knows it's yeah. him. And I know it is. If I happen to get to final two, I'm incorporating that into my speech, into my game, into my strategy, yeah. into why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And you may be here sitting with me, but I'm hoping that I can articulate my game well enough for you to respect that. I, I allowed you to still get here next to me, but Sari is Sari. Yeah. You don't want to be sitting next to Sari in final two. If Sari's in the final two seats, it doesn't matter who's sitting. But next I don't. To her, that's why I said Izzy gives two. me a little Derek even because I don't think she knows that. Yeah, Izzy doesn't know, and that's it's her own arrogance that I'm. You're, it's her own arrogance that would be her own Downfall. demise. Yep. Mm -hmm. and that arrogance would not would not bode well. But last thing, it was a big one. Oh jeez. Yeah. Oh, geez. We've okay. had the second season in a row. We've had the second season in a row where uh, the first person evicted wasn't by the house and voted. We had somebody removed from the game. Welcome to Big Brother. This is yeah. America. Okay. So let's get into it. Wait, what? Yeah. I cut on my live feeds today and all I see, I, actually I jumped on Twitter and all I see are these clips of I forgive me. I don't know why I keep trying to say Luke and I say Kyle and I don't mean this and no disrespect. It's just that I, they, I, and it's not like a personality thing or anything. It's just like, they kind of look alike, a little goofy. We said it and we said it in the intro. Oh, did? We were like, that's like a combination of, of uh, Brett from season 20 and Kyle. That's what he kind of gave the vibes of. Yeah. But he's got that like goofiness goofy. that like Kyle had. Very goofy. That, that's why I was like, that's what made me think. I was like, oh, they're pretty similar because he's just got that goofiness that Kyle had to him. They're in the have not room. It's Luke, Hazem, Corey, and Jared's laying down in the have not bed. And I'm not sure of the context of the conversation, but during the conversation, Luke is trying to describe we're in the cheese room in. It rolls completely off of his tongue. He says... He says it. He says the word. He said it. He said, he it, yeah. said it. And for 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 sake of just staying on track, I'm not going to say it. And I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. But I just want to get the point across that this is not about me and what I'm saying. This is Luke saying, yeah, we in the cheese room. And, and he rolls it off and he laughs and he realizes what he said. And I'm still kind of... I'm still kind of in my head, like, did he intentionally say it? Was it a mistake? Was he trying it? Like, I don't know. I don't know how you mistakenly let this so casually roll off your tongue when you know 
you as a white male on television and in any public setting, you do what the hell you want to do behind your closed doors. I'm not there. I can't, I'm not here to police you. And I'm also not here to gatekeep the word and make sure you don't. But it's very interesting that he so comfortably let this slur roll off of his tongue. And then instead of being like, and maybe because he realized he's on TV, he didn't want to make it a big deal. But instead of being like, damn, sorry, like legitimately, I, I shouldn't have said that. It was kind of like, <laughs> my bad, whatever, you know, it's all good. It ain't a big deal. Yeah. He, he didn't own the accountability of, totally. I was inappropriate in that moment. He let it be not a big deal. And he let it so not be a big deal that um, I had to have a conversation with my own son. My son don't even watch Big Brother. I said, hey, you got to watch this. And here's why. Because my son goes to a predominantly white school and he has white friends. And I said, I'm not trying to make you be the gatekeeper or the person who stands up for black people in these situations. But here's your responsibility. If you are going to have white friends, it is your responsibility to make sure that they don't know what not to say to offend even if it's not directly offending you, even if you are like Jared, who said, I don't really care yeah. about that. Even if you don't care, it's your responsibility as their friend because you care about them to let them know you you shouldn't say that in front of me. And it makes me uncomfortable, even if you only say that. You shouldn't do that. It's, it's it, it doesn't make me comfortable to be in this situation because. As your friend, I don't want you to go out in the street and get your ass beat. I don't want nothing to happen to you. And I don't want you to feel like because you said it in front of me that I'm that it's okay to say it in front of everybody. I don't want to have to I don't want to have to raise grown people, check them on shit, tell them what they should and should not be doing. That's not my job. I just be trying to live my life. But if you do something in front of me and I'm supposed to be like uh, and, and if you do something in front of me. Whether I'm okay with it or not, I know that if I allow you to do it in front of me, I'm condoning it. And I don't want to be a part of the problem. And I'm I'm not here to educate you and help you understand why it was wrong. But I, I do owe it to myself because I know the impact that it has that I don't want it. I don't want to leave and feel like I should have done something or said something or clarified something. So I'm going to say I'm not particularly bothered, even if I'm not, I'm not particularly bothered, but I would refrain from having that, that kind of dialogue in front of me, period. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't really happen. And I understand in a game setting It's kind of how do I handle this situation? Because we all feel pressure in that house from something and maybe things are more serious than others. Right. But we all feel some pressure from something. We all have to dig inside ourselves to figure out what's the best way for me to handle this situation and still be able to accomplish the reason why I'm here. And I don't blame Jared for not wanting to step in a pile of shit. Okay. 
to risk his game. But I kind of wish he wouldn't have furthered the um, uh, permission. And you're talking about the second conversation. So there was a second when, conversation. When Corey and... After yeah, Corey leaves the room. Hasim yeah. and Corey leave the room. And then it's just Luke and it's Jared. And Luke says, they were more upset with me than you yeah. were. And Jared mm -hmm. says, he says it about three times. Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't care. It don't bother me. I don't care. Um, that's not to say he doesn't care. It could be right. game. A lot of things in this house are chopped up to game. It could mm -hmm. be game. Like, I want you to get as comfortable because in the real streets, I will let you get as comfortable with me as you want to be because I want to see how comfortable you're going to get. That don't mean it don't bother me. And in that mm -hmm. game, when the money on the line, I want you to be as comfortable with me as you want to be because I want you to show me exactly who you are. But I also am like, mm, it didn't have to go as far as because I I also dated a white girl and I had to ask her like, hey, you cool with this? Because this is me like mm, we can lay off the we don't have to we don't have to add why it's permissible because it's really not. Mm. It's not permissible. Right. And if it's right. OK with you, that's fine, too. But. If you want to give permission to somebody to use racial slurs to people in, that are you in your own community, at least like for us, just be like, but everybody else might not be cool with that. So it's cool with me, but I'm going to just let you know that might not be cool with everybody because I kind of hold you a accountable a little bit for making him feel so OK in that moment by permitting him, but I, I am not in any way holding him responsible for educating him, reprimanding him, disciplining him mm -hmm. at all and, or caring. I'm not saying you got to right. care because it's a lot of things I don't care about. And I don't want people to make me care. Do you know how many things I actually do have that I care about? So leave me alone about the things that don't bother me, even right. if they bother everybody else in the world. I'm not saying Jerry got to be bothered. That's not his responsibility. Right. He don't got to be bothered at all. And I don't care that he don't care. And I'm not faulting him for doing or not doing something. But mm -hmm. I am saying that there were a there was a little bit of context in the conversation that could have been left out. Because that conversation can be taken the wrong way as in, well, I was just upstairs with him and he said, as a black man, he don't care. He don't care at all. That's what I was. I got permission. It gives Luke, it it, gives Luke that like, I, look, I know everybody's mad at me on the outside, but like Jared didn't even get bothered yeah. by it. And it's like, bro. Yeah, shut up. It just, yeah. Know, yeah, it's like, dude. It, and honestly, oh. I ain't mad at Jared for not, for, laying, for not laying his game on the line. Don't. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't gotta check this. You don't have to say nothing to him. But I also would like don't say nothing. You don't have to. You don't have to hold his face to the fire. You are there to win money. You're not there to school, educate, demand none of that. You are there to win some money. And if you gotta lay down and STFU so you can win some money, do it. But also, uh, don't get this white boy fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't really, I don't need to touch on it, but I just, I don't love the word. 
we grew up like we grew up getting to like listen, watch everything we wanted to with the one one thing from my dad. I'll rip it away from you if I hear you saying what you're hearing. Okay. And it was like enjoy everything that you have, and I, I'm not going to you know make you guys wait to watch our movies or listen to explicit music. Like we listened to whatever we wanted to, and it was always hip hop growing up when we were younger, middle school, and it was always with that. If I hear it once, yeah. you get nothing. It's taken away. Yeah. It's done. For that reason, it's like just to understand, which is why I like I just I don't know why the word has to be used. Yeah. And for him, it's just like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So and it just rolled off his tongue like way too like he was like the thing I didn't like about it, it was almost like he was trying to be cool to was. Jared by saying That's it I to said. Corey. Was and it I was like, bro, what the fuck That's- are you doing, man? Dang. Are you trying to be cool? That's like, what? That's why I said, was and it a that's slip? What bothered- was it a yeah. slip? Or was it a, I be doing this, you know? Like, and, and I'm cool. It's like, bro, what? Well, because also remember, he doesn't watch the show like that. He probably doesn't know yeah. anything about live feeds. I'm watching live feeds with people this season who've never watched live feeds before and they've been on Big Brother. He probably does not even understand the concept of it. I don't, I don't. um, So I'm not excusing him. I'm just saying like he has no idea of the magnitude of the effects that he has. I feel like they tell us, right? It's such a blur going into the house. They tell us, Cody, but there is nothing that can prepare you for the amount of people that are watching and listening to everything and how they are when you're in the house and you just think we knew about the game. There are people who don't know. I don't think he knows. And right. that's not an excuse. I'm just saying he thought he was protected. Yeah. And he, I just, I don't know. It bothered me how he, it would almost was like, I just, I don't know. Cause also the thing that bothers me the most about it is just like, it it's, uh, it is what it is. It just is like another fucking white dude saying something and jumps over the bandwagon like, oh, look at see these white guys. are. This is how they are. This is. And it's just like every time I see something like that from like a white dude, I'm like, bro, you're giving us a bad fucking rat, man. And it bothers the shit out of me. That. And that's what's annoying. I understand. That's that. why I was like, you moron. And that's why when I was like, bro, they better rip this kid out of the game. And then they did. And I was like, good. That's what he gets. I- because it's just like stupid shit like that that bothers me. I get it. I do. I understand that. And it it does it does put a lot of questions to like the unknown. Like is is this some we always say that Big Brother is a microcosm of America and it's like damn, how common is it? And 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 I will say this. I don't think his intentions were to offend. I think no, he totally. thought he was being cool totally. and he was comfortable like, and relaxed. And the right. thing that I think needs to be understood is it's not cool. I, mm-hmm. I think that black people as a community, we've taken this word and owned it and made it ours because it was used to hurt us. It was used to break us down to make us feel inferior. And it was a word that has been just like embedded in us as something negative. And somehow we have taken the word and said, you know what? That's our word. And you can't use it because you have always meant it to be offensive. So it's very hard. It's very hard to see 
a white person use it in a fun, in a cool, in a non-derogatory mm-hmm. way because it's never been non-derogatory aimly, aimed at us. And it's like, even if you don't mean it in a derogatory way, it still makes us uncomfortable. Uncomfortable sometimes to the point where we may have to be like, I'm not uncomfortable with that because I don't even want to address it and I don't want to talk about it. And I don't know how to tell you that that bothers me. And I actually just want to act like you didn't say it. And I want to move past this because I don't even know what to say. Right. So it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation. I mean, it's it's we're still I think that America is still very new in um, healing their racial divide. And so here we are with it still um, at the forefront. It was on the blogs. It was it was everywhere. I saw it on TMZ. I saw it on the blogs. Everywhere. I've seen oh, it everywhere. everywhere. It didn't take long. Yeah. And that just lets you know that we still have a lot of growth and we have a lot of healing to do. Um, Luke has been evicted from the game. I don't know what that means for tomorrow's live eviction episode, who's going to be there or whatever, if somebody's going home, if someone's not. But it reminds me, like you said, of last season where, again, we have the second season in a row where there's like an unexpected eviction that has led us to this um, into this next live eviction. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So what do you think? So a last thought, last thought. How do you think Big Brother is going to handle this tomorrow with the live eviction? Do you think there still is somebody voted out of the house or do you think they're going to find out live from Julie eviction is waived? Everybody get ready for the HOH comp, much like they did with Taylor last year. I think that this is such an impactful um, part of uh, the experience that was also unexpected. This is their 25th season. I'm I'm sure they had to reroute it, adjust it, and uh, uh, make it all together different because they weren't expecting to not be able to have an all-star right. season. So they're trying to, they, they've built something and they're trying to keep it together. I think it throws them off, but I think they also expect and prepare for the unexpected. Stuff like that. Yeah, I think they do, but I think that maybe nobody was going home anyway. And I do believe I've done that like four times. I pulled a Riley. So guys, funny thing is Tiffany, I didn't know about when Felicia did something with Riley. She did this like up chuck like thing and I keep doing it. And Tiffany called me out beforehand and now I'm calling myself. What are you Riley? He goes, (laughs) yeah. I was like, Ooh, today. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm predicting no eviction. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I think they're right going to give the I house agree. guests a rest. I think they're going to say, whew. That was a lot. Yeah. Nobody's evicted Nobody's, this week. Just go, go on back in yeah. there and play your game. Uh-huh. Well, Sorry. Just kidding. Cause like it, right. It doesn't like mess up the flow that badly because somebody was going home tomorrow somebody or did. somebody wasn't. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, that would have been wild if somebody didn't go home. I think I like think it affects them more to have two people go home when they either expected none or one. Mm-hmm. Okay. But to lose yeah. two, they've got to readjust the – at some point down the road, they'll have to readjust something because it wasn't what they expected. But <laughs> CBS Big Brother, expect the unexpected. <laughs> That's a perfect way to sign us off. Perfect way to sign Thanks us everybody off. For Guys, if you in. haven't done so already. I didn't 
I didn't say this in the beginning, but I do want to remind everyone who has stuck beside me for these this full episode to like, subscribe, and comment. And I may have and share different views, and that's why we are all different people. I don't look to be the same as everyone else. I always try to bring some different perspective and objectivity to light. And I think that's okay. And you can as well. Share your thoughts with me. Share your opinions. Um, I appreciate you being respectful because I'll be respectful. But get it off your chest. Say what you want to say. But just remember, we all want to be um, like we all want to be received. We all want our messages received. And so I tried to re- deliver my message in the best way I could in to everyone. But It may not be. And I respect that. Um, Have a good night. I'll see you guys next time.